Do you know more about Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV news, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. Come along with me, your host, Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Another episode of Adventures in Reality TV. We're going to talk about some Love is Blind today. Just mostly kind of a overview episode, not any specific episode in general. So the uh, last batch, well, I shouldn't say last batch, but the um, third batch of episodes just dropped before we see the finale next week where the weddings happen. So I wanted to kind of just vibe have um, a little kickback and talk about the five couples that have been on this season and just kind of overview their seasons, whether or not they should be together. Spoiler alert, probably none of them should be. Um, I had recorded a little bit of this episode earlier and then decided to delete it. I just, I wasn't feeling it. I felt like I wasn't giving good takes and I was kind of finding it hard to find my words and how I wanted to explain my opinions about things. Um, So I trashed that and ate some dinner, took a few deep breaths, and came back. I um, have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of opinions about this season. I, I have to say I do like the cast more than I like season two already. I feel like some of the tropes are maybe being repeated. Um, However, I don't dislike this cast. I think some of the guys are idiots. (coughs) Bartiz. Cole. However, even the women that I may have issues with or find to be hard to watch, I deeply enjoy more than Shayna. (laughs) And pretty much all of the guys on season two. So... (laughs) Yeah, with that being said, I would say it's overall better, regardless of how the couple should be together or not, regardless if the couple should be together or not, um, I am at least enjoying watching these people more than last season. And I definitely get the vibe still that they all want to be influencers. Maybe not SK, but, you know, it's love is blind. They didn't go on this show just to get married. Come on, people. We know. (laughs) I see you, Pilates by Raven. Anyways, um, what else is going on? I hope everybody had a good Halloween and, you know, had some fun. Maybe you dressed up to go trick-or-treat. Well, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast goes trick-or-treating. Maybe if you have children, but you're probably too old to trick-or-treat yourself, hopefully. Um, (laughs) But anyways, countdown to Christmas. Well, countdown to Thanksgiving begins, okay? So then we have Christmas, but, you know, I'm in the holiday spirit already. So I hope everybody else is. Countdown to Hanukkah, countdown to Kwanzaa, end of the year is coming, bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) Love is blind is almost ending. I feel like time is passing by so quickly. I can't believe it. Um, I watched a good movie called The Good Nurse on Netflix last night. 
it was pretty good. I was expecting it to be kind of scary, but it was more of like a thriller. Um, it's about a nurse who is able to kill patients by injecting, you know, medicine into their IV bags and like their deaths go unnoticed. Well, not unnoticed, but the hospitals don't really look into them and kind of just leave them as mysterious. Um, and then, you know, this investigation kind of unfolds and another nurse played by Jessica Chastain kind of helps the police figure out, you know, what's going on and who's doing this and how they're getting away with it, that type of thing. Um, so it's kind of like a dark thriller in a way, not as like a much of a horror slasher, like killer movie that I was expecting, which was kind of good because I'm a little bit of a bitch when it comes to horror movies, but for some reason I was home alone and thought, this would be a good idea, let me watch this movie. And thankfully, it did not scare the piss out of me. So, good things. Um, is there any good... Oh, Jeopardy's Tournament of Champions has been on this week, so I've been enjoying that. <laughs> I have to admit, the 80-year-old man in me uh, has to watch my Jeopardy every night when I, watch, when I eat dinner, so Tournament of Champions has been great. Can't wait to see Madame Modio and uh, Amy Schneider, Matea Roach, I can give or take, but I'm excited to see them back and hopefully dominate in this bitch. I can't believe I'm talking about Jeopardy on this podcast. <laughs> oh, all right. I think that's about it that I wanted to, to cover before we get into Love is Blind. Oh, one last thing. Um, on Twitter, we got one, baby. Elon Musk loves the show. And uh, we got a Twitter. So follow us on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV, as usual. And then on Instagram... On Twitter, at Advent, A-D-V-E-N-T, in reality. So, like, Advent, like a, like an Advent calendar, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, follow me on there for some hot takes. Maybe if I'm watching episodes live, I'll tweet my, ep- my thoughts as I watch them. You never know. It's fun over there. I definitely enjoy, well... I shouldn't say I enjoy Twitter. Does anybody enjoy Twitter? I think we all exist on Twitter and somehow can't survive without it. At least people with Twitter. People who never have gotten a Twitter, I envy you. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going deep in this, baby. So if you have a Twitter and you want to follow the pod or, you know, see my hot takes on all things reality TV or maybe movies, maybe just the world in general. Follow the podcast at Advent in Reality, baby. Okay, Love is Blind. Let's get into it. So I wanted to cover this in the format of by each couple. So there's five couples, like I mentioned. Like I said, this is going to be more loosey-goosey. I don't have it in like the tight notes uh, covering like every highlight of an episode like I usually do. This I'm going to go kind of an overview. Uh, so the first couple I want to talk about is good old SK and Raven. So Raven, um, she's a baddie, as Bartise will let us know later. And she's a Pilates instructor. She is very beautiful, very fit. Um, and SK is a very successful guy. He's Nigerian and still and very in touch with his Nigerian culture still. So they are, I think, an okay couple. 
Raven was first interested in Bartice, but I think it became very obvious early on that they were really only connected, like, on a physical level. In ter- and by physical, in love is blind terms, I mean physical, like, they both like going to the gym, they both like, uh, f- you know, nutrition, that type of stuff. They both like, you know, keeping themselves hot in a lot of ways. And <laughs> at one point... Raven was, like, literally doing Pilates and jumping jacks while Bartice was sharing, I don't know, some story about his parents uh, getting into a fight or some family traumas of his. And, you know, at the time, before really getting to know Raven and really getting to know Bartice, I was like, damn, that was cold, Raven. Like, that's a little bitchy. And now, after knowing Bartice more, I'm like, no, I understand why you did that, honey. (laughs) And uh, it's very obvious they don't have a great connection. So Raven ends up uh, getting engaged to SK. And like I said, SK is a good guy. He's Nigerian. um, And he's also going to graduate school for two years in Berkeley, which is in California. So, like, two months after they get married, he's going to be moving. And, I mean, Raven knows this going into it, but I'm very confused. Like, so why are you even here? Like, are you... What if you meet somebody in grad school? Like, that's a whole change to your life. You're moving halfway across the country uh, from Texas. Yeah, about halfway. So, I'm just confused. But, I mean, I guess Raven's fine with it. I would find it hard, too, that he was able to find a partner, which then gives me this whole, like, God, this show's bullshit. Like, I would find it very hard for someone to be like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, I barely know you. Let's get married, and then you'll be gone for two years. Like, we'll be essentially a long-distance couple for the first two years of our marriage. Also, while we barely know each other, getting to know each other over those two years. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, that's just very weird to me. That's the part that I'm kind of like, what? Okay. It's funny, too. Um, when they leave the pods, SK and Raven, and they go to Malibu. So after the pods, all the couples that get engaged go to Malibu to have this kind of, like, engagement moon thing. Because um, I guess that's the most romantic place in the world is... Malibu, California. I mean, I'm sure it's nice, but, like, the past seasons went to, like, Mexico and, like, these tropical places, and they're like, all right, let's go to Malibu. (laughs) So they go on this engagement moon, and I think it's pretty obvious from it at first that, like, Raven does not fancy SK, maybe. She doesn't, she's not as into him physically as he is into her, I think, and she makes a point to say, like, they are waiting to have sex until after the marriage, which in Love is Blind code means she's not into him. Yet. <laughs> she, and as the episodes go on, Raven claims that she's getting, she's falling for SK and becoming more attracted to him. And then they, they like, kind of hint it that they may be fooled around or something like the first night back in Dallas when they come back from the engagement moon, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of like, mm, so, um, 
Raven and SK are definitely more of the low-key couples. They don't have as much of this, like, interpersonal strife with other couples. I mean, there's a little bit of the Barty stuff, but Raven actually shuts that down really well, which I love to see when they're in the honeymoon or the engagement moon and they've met, you know, all the exes or people they talk to for 10 days through a wall. I don't know. Could you consider that an ex? <laughs> um, you know, Bartice is just drooling over Raven. And the next day, they're in a pool party, whatever. And Bartice comes sliding up, swimming up to Raven, trying to sweep her off her floaties or whatever in the pool and trying to be like oh you know you and me we look so good together we connect physically essentially trying to be like oh hey you know remember me i may have my nancy fiance over there but mm, bartice is my name mr b if you're nasty type of thing and i love it raven was just like yeah i don't think we would even like have anything emotionally to connect on besides just like going to the gym and I love that. That was fucking hilarious. And in the talking head after that happens at the pool party, Raven says, you know, I'm not flattered by that at all. He had so much to say about physically, physical Raven and like what I look like, but nothing about pod Raven and who I am as a person, which is a very good point because Bartiz probably doesn't care who you are as a person. He just saw you and on a man who was like, <gasps> <gasps> you know, I mean, he was like beside himself when they met at the engagement moon first party thing. Um, and I do have to give Raven credit. She may not seem physically into SK, but she did make it very clear to Bartice that she's like, no, I'm very, con I like know for certain that SK is the right guy and like we connect on such a different level and we're both methodical you know, she says kind of all this type of stuff. So I'm like, okay, good for her. I'm glad she didn't fall for Bartiz's, like, dumb bullshit of, like, uh, you know, on paper, we both look really hot together. And, like, people would love to see us together at, like, a bar or a restaurant. And, uh, he just loves to go on and on about how hot they look together. Not like, oh, would we even be a good match? But just, like, oh, we're so sexy. And, like, people would see us together and be like, that's a hot couple. <laughs> so then a, another big component or, like, thing that is brought up in SK and Raven's relationship are finances and kind of how they're going to split them when SK goes to school in Berkeley. And Raven makes a point that, you know, when she was planning to get married, she was expecting her lifestyle to improve. You know, she was expecting two incomes to come in, and while SK is going to school on a full ride, he is probably going to have to live a bit like a college student and have limited income. And Raven is like, yeah, no, it's expensive to be me. Literally, doesn't Erica Jane, it's expensive to be me. She's got hair, personal training, facials, nails, you know, she's got to look good. And <laughs> she was hoping that SK would spend, would pay for half of her rent while she's gone, while he's at school and she's still just living in Dallas doing nothing different, I guess. Um, which I find interesting. That I'm kind of like, 
why so you want SK to pay half your rent when he won't even really be living there and you aren't moving anywhere because that's the other thing she does not want to leave her apartment because it's close to the mall and very close to her work so you know two important things close to the mall close to work and I'm I'm not quite following her on this and even SK isn't following her on this and so I'm this is the type of stuff that I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work out for them. Um, put all the cultural stuff aside. Put all of the, like, her family not agreeing with this and stuff aside. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be tough for them to make this long distance and, like, have their finances coincide. Like, you're expecting a man that doesn't even live with you to pay half your rent? I mean, just because what... what because he's married to you like you still pay that rent now you're not changing you're not paying for his school he's got a full ride and he's paying for himself and Bert I she loses me there but okay um and then another thing is is we see Raven meet SK's mom and brother and SK's mom is a very traditional Nigerian mom but very sweet and like I think Raven was expecting her to be very un, um, unwelcoming and not willing to, like, teach her the culture, where really, like, she was very open to the idea, and, like, even though they met in this very unconventional way, you know, she asks Raven, like, why did you pick SK, and Raven says, actually, I thought she gave some really good reasons, she's like, you know, we share a lot of the same views on family and what we want for the future, and we, you know, are very compatible in our faith and, you know, they want to grow together and they're both very motivated people, blah, 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 blah. And SK's mom loves it. She eats it up. She says, I love her. And <laughs> there's a moment where they're eating traditional Nigerian food and you eat it with your hands. Well, Raven is not used to that at all. And so she, like, asks if she could use a fork and with the editing, they kind of make it seem like it's this, like, terrible offense or something. But SK's mom is like, yeah, no, that's fine. You can do that. And Raven's like, hmm, I like it. This stuff is actually spicy. And I was like, oh, my God, was Raven going to actually critique his mom's food? Like, oh, it's one thing to use a fork. It's another thing to, like, whoa, Raven. <laughs> but no, I think that meeting went really well. Um, and it's when they bring up that Raven's family is really not into her being on Love is Blind and not supporting this wedding at all. I don't know if it's because they don't support the premise, they don't want to be on camera, who knows, they don't really get into that. And SK's mom is kind of worried about that because I guess culturally in Nigerian weddings, it's very important to have both families involved. Um... You know, but it's like, Raven at one point is like, but I don't know what I can do about that. Like, what am I supposed to, like, cut off this whole, cut off this whole wedding and not do it just because, like, my parents aren't supportive? And, um, then we do see SK and Raven meet with her friends, some of her best friends, and they're a lot more skeptical. They are kind of like, for one... <laughs> I thought this was funny. Her one friend, when they find out that SK is going to grad school in a couple of months after they get married, her one friend is like, you're taking my friend's fairy tale away. 
she wanted to get married and now she has to wait two years it's like uh your friend knows what she's signing up for so sk isn't taking anything away from her i love this whole idea of like you're taking my friend's fairy tale away damn you sk okay <laughs> so um and what's interesting too to hear is raven says you know she's half white half black and you know the white side of her family has political ramifications and i'm like ooh, does raven's family are they like some racist trumper texans what is it i want to know um and i don't think we'll really hear much more about her family besides that uh but her friends are like very skeptical about this and they kind of think that raven is going to break sk's heart and we actually find out that raven has never been in like an actual serious long-term relationship as long as they've known her and I'm like, damn, your friends are really airing your shit out, Raven. Okay. <laughs> and that's what gives me more pause of like, oh, I don't think this is going to end up well. I think poor SK is going to have his heart broken. He is going to expect like, oh, my wife loves me. I'm off in grad school while Raven's going to be like, I don't know who I'm married to. Who is SK? Oh, that man paying half my rent? Yeah. <laughs> I could really see it that way because I don't, I don't know. She just has this kind of coldness to her and i understand yes you're they're pretty much strangers still so yeah she should have that coldness i'm sitting here being like she's too cold she's not open enough but then i'm also like these people don't know each other why are they getting married <laughs> i'm such a goldilocks it's not it's never good enough um uh, but yeah i just i don't see it ending well for those two because raven just does not seem that in love with sk where sk is kind of just like yeah this is great i'm down for anything yes 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 which is a point that raven's friends bring up of like all i hear from him is yes 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 all you know all in no kind of worries about the future or how like him being away at school will be different her adjusting to his culture you know any of that but they we end the last batch of episodes with their wedding coming up and it doesn't end with them saying yes or no that's kind of like the cliffhanger we get but she dresses up what they're doing is integrating both the nigerian and like american cultures into their wedding so we see in one of the episodes that raven goes with raven goes with sk's mom and one of her friends or something to pick out fabric for her gaily geely geely is what it's called which is the like head wrap that they wear for ceremonies like weddings and stuff and then we see sk pick out his i cannot remember the name of what it is called but um the outfit that he wears for the wedding and you know it's i think it's nice to see raven is really like spending time with her mother-in-law and then she gets some <laughs> she kind of gets like some advice from the lady at the sh at the store and they're like oh always make sure you have stew and rice in the fridge okay <laughs> that's i guess that's good advice always have stew on hand for a nigerian man very good <laughs> speaking of nigerian men uh someone asked me 
if I would do a 90 Day Fiance episode, because there's a lot of Nigerian people on 90 Day Fiance, and um, I'm thinking about it. I am not a big 90 Day head. I've watched one season, most of it, and then like a few episodes here and there, but I think what I'll do is watch a few episodes here and there, and like kind of do write my thoughts down as I go and then do an episode. So it won't be probably anytime soon, but I think it's a definitely a reality show I should touch on and I should talk about. So anyways, so, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for SK and Raven. They, I don't think they're going to get married or if they do, I don't think it's going to last. I don't think this lifestyle is what Raven wants. Um, I think Raven is, a, she's okay with SK going away for school now, but I think two years of waiting to like get a house and have kids and live that whole, you know, standard married couple life, eh, she may not want to do that. So that's just me. So what my consensus is for this couple, mm, no, will not get married. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to leave it at that for my final consensus for SK and Raven before the finale. No, final answer. They will not get married. The next couple I want to talk about is Alexa and Brennan. So these two are actually probably the most genuinely happy and well-matched of the couples, I would say. I don't know if any of these couples should get married, like I've probably said five times all now, but... I do think Alexa and Brennan should at least date for a long time. How about that? Um, and, like, they hit it off right away. Oddly, Brennan and Colleen first kind of hit it off, but Brennan, I think, very maturely and openly was like, hey, I got this thing going with Alexa, and I really like her. This was still in the pods. And uh, Colleen took that <laughs> pretty harshly and, like, almost made it out to be that Brennan was the asshole. And I think most people were like, no, I think Brennan was cool about that. He was very, you know, upfront and just said, yeah, I'm, I'm into Alexa and I want to pursue that. So I don't want to lead you on or waste your time. Okay. And then, uh, hey, it's better than what Cole said when he was pretty much like, I don't think we have any emotional connection because you're shallow. <laughs> but Alexa and Brennan, they hit it off right away. Um, and they actually are the first couple to get engaged in the first episode. They kind of connect on their love of food, and Brennan's a foodie. And he mentions that he likes sh making shakshuka, which is an Israeli dish. And I'm still not convinced that actually is something he likes. I think that was like a producer-fed line to get sparks going, but, you know. Um, and, of course, during the Boring Pod episodes, they connect a lot on, you know, family, and they want kids, yada, 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 respect, and making sure they parent well, and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's partly why I don't really care to cover the Pod episodes, because they're just, they're boring. I mean, besides the few moments, like I said, Cole calling Colleen shallow, or, you know, Nancy turning down Andrew the sociopath with his dry eyes down i the pod or the pods are just kind of more of like everyone's just fawning to each other they're all just trying to come off the best that they can to hook line and sinker somebody and these are the people that manage to do it 
But I would say Alexa and Brennan are the, like, most low-key couple this season. They really don't have much drama at all. Like, if anything, the big thing for them is that they come from completely different classes. Um, Alexa, we see from her family and her background, her apartment, she comes from money. She really does not have to worry about money. I don't know if she works, even. I mean, well, she says that the bills that she has to pay are her online shopping bills and that everything else is taken care of. So I don't know what she does, but, um, Brennan, on the other hand, comes from much more humble background, from a much more humble background, and, like, at one point he's talking about how his parents, um, you know, he didn't have heat or AC in his house at one point, he doesn't, you know, his grandparents had to help them out a lot with food and with bills, that type of stuff, so, you know, it's very much like this princess and the pauper you know whatever that type of fucking vibe is but uh and it's interesting when they go and meet (laughs) alexa's parents like you can tell ooh, they got money they got money that house is very very nice and you know i get the vibe mostly from brennan like and i don't want to call him simple or stupid because i don't think he is i think he's probably a smart guy um But I just don't think he thinks all that much about this deeply. And I think to him, he's like, yeah, I love Alexa. And uh, she wants to get married. So that's what we're going to (laughs) do. And, (laughs) you know, I, I don't quite understand if he's thinking very deeply about any of this. Or if he truly is just like, doesn't need much to be happy. I mean, he probably doesn't. It seems like he comes from pretty you know, humble backgrounds, like I said. And at one point, Alexa's friends kind of push him and are like, you know, what if things go wrong? What if there's something about Alexa you don't like that you find out? And I'm like, what are these things they're going to find out? Like, is she a furry or something? (laughs) He's like, what is, what is they going to find out about her? But yeah, overall, like, his parents and her parents are both very, like, open to this idea. They're both very nice and easygoing to get along with. Alexa has a massive family. She has a stepmom that looks like she could have probably been her, um, sorority sister, or at least has plastic surgery good enough to look like she could have been. (laughs) That's mean, but it's true. And then, like, 8 million cousins are there to meet Brennan and stuff. So, you know, he was a little intimidated. But the dad I really liked. I thought Alexa's dad was great. And, like, he asked, I think, good questions to know about somebody. Especially if you are getting married. Like, he wants to know how many girlfriends have you had? Have any of them been ones you wanted to consider marrying? Um, What's the longest relationship you've been in? And Brennan is, you know, very open about this type of stuff. He has no problem answering it. Again, to him, he's like, I just love Alexa. I just want to marry her. <laughs> I'm just a country boy. So I'm I'm interested to see how Alexa will change him, you know, because it's very obvious, like, they cover things like closet space, and, you know, Brennan doesn't have many, you know, options, and then Alexa's like, I never wear an outfit twice, and just all that type of stuff. <laughs> and... It is interesting. They really want to have kids and stuff. Alexa wants to be a stay-at-home mom. 
Brennan, you know, wants to be a very involved dad. And it's very obvious, like, um, Alexa's dad, when he's talking to Brennan, is like, I just want you to know, Alexa's not going to be married to a chump that can't provide her the lifestyle she's used to. Like, and he makes a big point that, like, they really enjoy to have fun and they like to be entertained and holidays and trips and stuff like that. And, you know, you got to make sure you can do that because Alexa likes her life the way it is, baby. Um, so that's kind of pretty much it for them. I mean, they really are just the low-key couple. I, I like them the most. I think, I think they will get married. I think they will. I think maybe Brennan is a little bit more into Alexa than she is into him. Brennan does have an, kind of an unfortunate, uh, receding hairline although he is handsome like all of these people are actually pretty damn good looking like you can't they don't let ugly people be on love is blind that would be a very interesting premise put on some like ugly people not instagram model netflix pretty people and let's see you know let's put on some people with crooked teeth let's put on some people with you know acne scars let's see you know people with bad makeup and bad eyebrows and bad dye jobs let's see it baby let's see is love truly blind not is love conventionally attractive because <laughs> that's what this is um but yeah so i think for my final consensus they will get married and i hope they are happy i hope they are happy because that's the other... Oh, I forgot to mention, too. When they go and meet uh, Brennan's parents, his mom mentions that he likes to run. He likes to run. He, his daddy was sick six days before he was supposed to go to Love is Blind, and he didn't go see him because he was scared. And, I mean, I think that kind of alarms Alexa a little bit. But, overall, you know, I think that's, like, kind of the most scandalous thing we've found out between the two of them. Um... And I I don't know if that's going to be a deal breaker. It's probably production trying to stir up some stuff because they don't have much stuff going on. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I do think they will get married. All right. Now the next three, our final three couples, I should say, are really the train wrecks of this season. The ones that should not, I uh, hopefully will not, and do not need to get married. Um, <laughs> um, I, I just, whoo, these three, all of them are just bad in their own ways. And we'll start with, I think Cole and Zenob is probably the best bet. And to just start off the gate, Cole is a bro. He's one of those douchey kind of like real estate guys. He's 26. Very conventionally attractive. Don't get me wrong. He's got curly brown hair. He's got really light green eyes. Very cute looking. Um, but he also looks like somebody that would call women fat at the bar or something. You know, like he's kind of a bro and somebody I personally would not want to talk to out of being, out of fear of being made fun of. However, um, he falls for Colleen and Zeneb. Colleen, the twee little ballerina girl, um, you know, and him at first hit it off, which is expected. I was worried because Cole is like the Shane 
of this season that we are going to have like a Cole and Cole, Colleen vibe, like a Shane and Shayna. Thank God that didn't happen. Um, because Cole does hit it off with Zanet, Zenib, who is a beautiful woman in her own right. I'll get into her. Um, but Cole eventually tells Colleen, like, I don't think we have much emotional connection. And, like, it doesn't seem like we get very deep when we talk to each other. Um, and <laughs> Colleen takes that as essentially, like, he calls her shallow, because she is. And he ends up going for Zenib and proposing to her. And, you know, <laughs> I, in a lot of ways, like Zenib. She's a, she's 31, she's a flight attendant. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she's had a pretty tough life. Her parents both died when she was young. And so she really had to grow up quickly and is very mature. Probably way more mature than Cole. Uh, even if her parents didn't die young, she's probably way more mature than Cole. And I, I want to give her grace in some aspects, but in some other areas, when her and Cole interact, I just want to be like, girl go to therapy, get some security, like, get some self-esteem. You don't need to be like this. You don't, like, it doesn't need to be this way. You don't need to communicate like this. <laughs> um, so they leave the pods and they go on their engagement moon. And I, it, it's weird. I don't understand what Cole is saying at first. He's like, oh, She's not the girl I was expecting coming out of the pods, meaning, A, she's not white. <laughs> and two, you know, it took him a while to, like, get used to the physical person they're with, even though I think they fucked right away. So I'm like, I don't know what you had to get used to, Cole, but okay. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, in their engagement moon, I think what now they have, they have problems with there is Zenib is starting to show her personality. And what Cole was thinking as funny or being sweet was actually being passive-aggressive when you're seeing her face and her mannerisms. And that's the problem I have a lot with uh, Zenib is the way she communicates, especially when in times of conflict and in times of when she's hurt, she gets super condescending and really, really passive-aggressive as fuck. And it's like, Girl, you're never going to get anywhere with anybody, no matter Cole or a 45-year-old man with his all of his shit together that keeps his house perfectly clean. Like, And that's the type of shit that I'm like, Zenib, you're losing everybody with that. And it's, it's hard to root for her when she gets, like, she really, like, jabs and you can tell she's trying to, like, neg him almost. Um, now, I will say Cole is an idiot in many instances, and does say stupid things that really he should know better and, like, should know would be a hurtful thing or he should have more empathy for. Um, <laughs> like, the pool party incident where uh, <laughs> Zenib asks him to rate her, which then I'm like, Zenib, why are you asking these types of things? Why? Why? And it makes no sense. But he says you're a 9 out of 10, which is dumb of him. Because, guys, anytime that a woman asks you to rate her, which, God, don't do that, ladies, don't. I know we want to do I know, I know we've all wanted to ask it. Maybe some of us have, and I'm not judging. 
But nothing good ever comes out of it. Nothing good. No matter, because where you're asking it from is not from a place of security. It's a place of being hurt and feeling bad about yourself. Don't do it. And Zenob does it. And Cole, being the fucking idiot man child he is, says, oh, you're a 9 out of 10. Which Zenob is a 10 out of 10. She's fucking gorgeous. And it's really unfortunate that she doesn't realize it. But then, what does Zenob do? She then says, well, what about Colleen? And he says she's a 10 out of 10. Oh my god, fucking Cole. I mean, I understand why Zenob then has the conversation with him after. and But the way she's communicating is that she's like, she has those moments where, you know, maybe this is just a self-esteem issue for me. It's fine. It's fine. And she's like a real Diana Jenkins from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like licking her lips every time that she's like in a mood and you can tell she's just like stewing. Um, but yeah, and it's that type of shit where Cole and Zenob could be very good and they can be in these great moments. You know, they'll be in a date having a lot of fun and, you know, loosening up and telling each other how much they mean to each other, that type of stuff. And then all of a sudden it will be well, I'm not the girl that you want, you know, I don't look like what you wanted me to. I'm not Colleen. I'll never look like Colleen. And at one point, like, during a party, you know, <laughs> this is once they're back in Dallas, um, Zenib and Colleen talk about their thing, what Colleen and Cole talked about at the pool party. So at the pool party, Cole comes swimming on up to Colleen, and she's sitting there in her bright green bikini and her aviators looking all cute and shit knowing her shit and cole essentially is starting to talk to her saying like you are very much my type like i would go up to you in a bar and colleen essentially is like i would be happy if you came up to me in a bar they both were essentially like yeah we would uh, be into each other uh this later comes to be a big deal for colleen and matt and his psychopathic ass. However, um, <laughs> of course, then Cole takes that conversation and relays it back to Zenib, as well as this whole rating thing. It's just, oh my god, it's a mess. And Zenib is clearly, she's insecure, um, which I don't blame her for being. I bet uh, it's very hard to be around a bunch of women who all look like fucking supermodels. Although, she looks like a fucking supermodel. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to relate, I guess. I don't fucking know. (laughs) I'm trying to be empathetic, but at the same time, I'm also, I just want to be like, Zenib, get some fucking self-esteem. See some therapy. Go get a therapist. Go talk to somebody and stop being passive aggressive stop doing this because like as much as i think cole is an idiot he will eventually get tired of this and he will like the constant reassuring and like this bringing back up you know colleen and how you said that she's attractive and you know that just oh man i can't with it (laughs) and i i know i may sound terrible when i say this but it's just She's got a bad attitude at times, and I'm like, man, 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 you gotta get, gotta get together, girl. Um, but an interesting though thing too is when Colleen 
or I'm sorry, when Cole meets Zay's stepmom, sorry, they call her Zay for short, so I may use that interchangeably, but when Cole meets her stepmom and stepbrother, who has been, uh, Zeneb's, Zen, goddammit, Zay's, uh, guardian since her mom died so pretty much all of her life or most of her life they meet her she's like you know Zeneb is looking for a family and you know her husband to fill kind of the void of her not having family and not having parents around and that type of stuff and Cole it like dawns on him kind of like oh that makes so much sense and it's like what how does it take you that fucking long to take like for something like that to click with you. I don't know. Like, you knew right off the bat that she didn't have, that her parents passed away, so she doesn't have a lot of family. Like, of course she's going to be looking for acceptance from your family. And, of course, Cole's family is not being accepting. At first, I thought the reason they weren't being accepting was because we found out that Cole had a very short-lived marriage after a very short-lived relationship. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're just being reluctant because of that and they're like no we don't want to see you make the same mistake again but then later on in the episodes where they're at their bachelorette party Zenim is talking to the other girls and they're like and she's like oh yeah they'll follow me on Instagram and stuff but they don't want to meet me in person and then they told Cole it's because I'm not the type of girl that they expected him to end up with and I'm like well, that's racist sounding. Like, what? And that's where I'm kind of like, okay, I get that Zena may feel some insecurity. And, like, her mom brings up to Cole, like, you know, she feels insecure maybe about, like, the color of her skin. Um, and that people may not like her for that. Remember, this is Dallas, Texas, y'all. <laughs> you know, we're in the South. And people are fucking assholes, even in 2022. Sorry to anybody in Texas listening, but, you know... <laughs> There's some racists. There's racists everywhere. But, um, you know, I get that's a real thing. And, like, apparently Cole's family is just not on board. And, like, they were sending him Bible verses, kind of telling him, like, how he's wrong to be doing this. And I will give Cole credit. He does come to a point where he's like, I don't need their support, especially if, like, they're going to be hiding around behind faith and, like, Bible verses to say I'm wrong and to like shun a person they love I was like damn you're right good for you Cole I, I will give you credit there um I feel like I'm missing something here with their their relationship I'm trying to think oh that's right so <laughs> they have this other party where they go out in Dallas and Zenib and Colleen talk about the conversation that Cole had with Colleen and Zenib then runs to Matt, who is Colleen's psycho fiance, and essentially is saying, like, hey, this is what was said, and, you know, I don't look like Colleen because I found out that Cole wants to, you know, would be more attracted to her and everything, and essentially she goes and she stirs some shit up, and Matt kind of is doesn't take the bite with that a little bit he's more kind of like yeah we kind of talked about it already and Colleen and him or you know whatever kind of bl blows it off um reassures 
Zeneb that she's a beautiful lady and she doesn't need to be feeling insecure, all that type of shit. Like, of course. Uh, but then, you know, this starts up this whole fight again. I mean, this is, what, a couple of weeks now after? And it, it starts up this fight again between Cole and Zeneb. And Cole is like, what the fuck? I thought we were fine on this. Um, and so it's that type of shit that she doesn't seem to be able to get over or move past or, like, be able to trust what Cole is saying to her when he apologizes. I don't know. And I don't want to necessarily be like, you just need to be more, you need self-esteem and you need therapy, blah, 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 blah. Cole's right. Because he's not. He's a fucking idiot. But also at the same time, it's like, Zunub, you're fucking this up for yourself and everyone else that you're ever going to be with. Because I don't think she should marry Cole. I think regardless of all their, whoever's right, wrong, who's ever an idiot, who's not, like, I just don't think they're a good match for each other. Like, Zeneb's very high maintenance, or I'm sorry, well, she's kind of high maintenance too, because she's constantly insecure about her appearance and, like, looking good and stuff. But also, she's very high strung and, like, very particular about her space and is constantly griping to Cole about, you know, where he puts his towels and how he unpacks and Cole is a bit of a pig we see um but then she also makes these comments like oh yeah that's a rug you don't have those types of things in your apartment do you and it's like oh my god is that necessary like are you being funny because it doesn't come off funny it just kind of comes off like you're being an asshole <laughs> so you know there's that but <laughs> I don't <sighs> I don't think they should get married. Of course, they shouldn't get married. I don't think they will get married. According to Instagram, when I looked, she Zenib is not following anybody on Instagram, but any of like the cast on on Instagram. However, Cole is following her, and Cole is following Colleen. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm going to say for my definitive answer for them, it's going to be no, they don't get married. So, so far we have no for SK and Raven, yes for Alexa and Brenna, no, God, I hope not, for Cole and Zenith. For both of their sakes, for both. I mean, Zenith will be annoyed constantly with Cole for the rest of her fucking life if she marries him. She constantly, it like is annoyed with him unless they're like making out and he is doing like they're on this romantic date and she's like kind of in a good mood other than that she is so annoyed by cole he probably feels like she's nagging him all the time or is like off talking to birds or some shit like that who knows oh man but i will say i am interested to see what happens with the parents thing because mm, that's racist I think that's some racist shit, and I do feel for Zenib in that case, because that's toxic, and I, like, nobody should have to deal with that shit, and the fact that they're hiding behind, like, texting their Bible verses, and being like, oh, I didn't, that's not the woman we expected you to end up with, like, oh, okay, fuck you. So, our next one, out of our three final awful couples that should not end up together. Uh, next up is Colleen and Matt, or as I would like to say, Tweedledee and Tweedledrunk. <laughs> um, so Matt is guy number three Colleen tried to get engaged to. Let's be honest. Like I, The first one was Brennan. Brennan very early on let her down and said, look it, I'm 
into Alexa. I do not want to waste your time, and I want to focus on that. Uh, Cole essentially realized that she is shallow, and they had nothing to connect on, so he dumped her. And then Matt was kind of like her last bet, um, and he was ready to go for it, because I think Matt is also deeply troubled, and should it be in you know, should be in therapy and not on Love is Blind. <laughs> and I'll go into why later. But um, my thoughts on Colleen, she's the ballerina. She wants everyone to know she's the ballerina. And Colleen doesn't give a fuck who she was going to get married to. All that matters to her is that she is engaged and she is making it to the end of this goddamn season. She will be married and she doesn't care if it's Cole, Brennan, Matt, Andrew, anybody. It could be insert man here and Colleen will be like this is amazing I love this man so much and I hate to but like and frankly Matt you could do the same thing you could put a girl in front of him and he'd be and he'd be like I fucking love that girl that girl's my fucking person because Matt is that type of guy he's the one that he starts getting a few drinks in him and he's at the bar and he starts talking with his buddies and he's like I fucking love that girl you see that girl over there I fucking love her fucking love her man and he, like, starts adjusting his shirt and stuff. Like, he's, like... Like, Mac gives me coked-out country boy vibes. Um, he gives me probably would beat up a gay kid in a ro- locker room vibes. You know, that kind of shit. Uh, he gives me the type of vibe that, like, he likes to get angry and, like, punch drywall. So, that's great. <laughs> and Colleen, I think, is kind of a dummy i don't know and like she's not like she even says it herself at one point when they're having dinner with colleen's parents she goes you know i'm not really deep you know and her parents they're like fucking a we're on tv colleen oh my god and i i think that really perfectly sums her up is like she's not that deep and maybe that's okay you know and i don't think maybe matt's that deep maybe matt likes to think he's deep but I think he's just a very angry man who doesn't need another marriage. Because Matt, we find out in the pods, is that he married a girl that he, like his first girlfriend from when he was 15. And then she cheated on him and got married, got pregnant by another man. And so they got divorced. And so that fucked him up, definitely. Uh, and instead of, I don't know, I don't know how many years ago that was before this. Uh, it sounds like probably two, because let's see, they were together for 10 years, so they got together at 15, so yeah, they probably ended up, ended things at 25, and it says he's 27. That man should be in therapy. He should be dating. He should not be going on Love is Blind and saying, I fucking love you after 10 days to somebody. Oh, this man, this man, he's scary. I, I, it's hard for me to, like, put into words, but this man, he... You just look at him and you see, like, Bud Light sweat and anger in his eyes. Oh, it's creepy. Um, so, <laughs> pretty much what sets Matt off, and really the big thing between them, is after the pool party, and like I mentioned, Cole and Colleen have this cute little talk. They're pretty much saying, like, yeah, I'd find you cute, yeah. You know, in the real world, I would definitely say this to you. And... When Colleen is explaining this to Matt, one, he's fucking four sheets to the wind. He is tanked out of his ass. The, the really production makes a point to point to like the almost empty wine glass and stuff. And you can tell in Matt's eyes. And I've, 
unfortunately been around men who have acted like this while they were drunk. Um, like a rage comes over where there is no talking sense. They aren't listening. They're just mean. And he is just like, no, you should have said that's my man. So you're just going to tell him when you're engaged, oh, in the real world, we could be together. In the real world, I would find you attractive. No, you're supposed to say, thank you. That's my man. I'm supposed to do this. Oh, but fuck me, right? Fuck me, right? And it's like he's, and it's almost like a, not yelling, but he's waving his arms around. He's definitely using, like, his presence to be intimidating. And it's like fucking Colleen is just, like, sitting there. He's, like, sawing his fucking meat and eating it at the table while she's sitting there, like, not eating anything. Just like, that's not what I said. That's not what I meant. And it's like, oh, my God. This is four days. And after one conversation you had with somebody who you thought was attractive in the pods. Oh my god, run! Run! But not to Colleen. No, to Colleen, what she is, she's terrified that he wants to be done and she won't have somebody to get married to. Not, oh my god, this is scary that this guy is acting this way and won't communicate with me and try to understand what I'm saying and so we can get through this. No, fuck, I'm so scared he's done. And she doesn't care if it's people-pleasing. She wants to make sure that he's okay and that comes and that he's happy with her. Oh, my God. And that's where I come back to, like, I don't think Colleen's that deep. I don't think Colleen's that smart. She may be a great ballerina, but I don't think Colleen has much going on up there in terms of, like, EQ. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> like, God damn. And then it happens later again in a season. But what's funny, okay, is... The next morning after, you know, Matt blows up and is like, Oh, you should be saying, that's my man. You're not supposed to be talking to another man when you're engaged saying, Oh, you would be attracted to him in the real world. Okay. <laughs> and Colleen the next morning is like, You know, last night I was just like, <sighs> Sad. Um... But we're better now, and we're, like, back to our lovey-dovey selves. And then Matt, who's sober now, is like, uh, yeah, we just weren't communicating well last night. Um, and so this, this morning we were able to, like, communicate a lot better. A.K.A. I was sober and actually, like, could hear what she was saying and wasn't just, like, seeing red like a fucking maniac. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um... <laughs> So, you know, of course, they were able to fix that all up. They're all tweedledee, tweedledrunk again, like I said. Cuddle, cuddle, baby faces, wearing matching colors again. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, Colleen goes to visit, goes to meet Matt's mom and his family. And, you know, she's a very Texas woman. She's got a very slanted bob cut. And, you know, she just doesn't want Matt to get hurt. She doesn't want Colleen to get hurt. She could see it happening to both of them. And, you know, her and uh, Colleen have this very, you know, Texas, oh, weren't you sweet type of talk where Colleen essentially, you know, convinces her mo his mom that she's not a good enough actress to, to fake loving him. I don't think she is, too. I truly just think Colleen just wants a husband. I don't think she gives a fuck who it is. And so I don't think she's lying to Matt's mom. <laughs> But, um, 
Uh, yeah, we'll see. And then at one point, too, uh, she goes and she sits down and they're having dinner with some of Matt's friends. And, you know, they're all trying to talk him up like a bunch of douche buddies. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, they call him two date Matt. And I'm like, is that a good thing? I'm like, so what? Does he have sex with the girl after two dates and then he's done with her? Like, I don't know if that, because, like, I think they're trying to make it out to be like, oh, he hasn't found anyone serious, really. He hasn't really, like, dated anybody really serious. You're the first one that he's gotten. And I'm like, that could go two ways. It could mean that he's also just a man whore. Or two, that girls see after two days that he's a fucking psycho and doesn't want to, don't want to date him. So that's not always, a, I don't know. And yeah, like his friends, um, they kind of hear the story about uh, their fight in Malibu and him kind of going into a drunk meat sawing rage. And his friends are all just kind of like, oh, is that Matt, huh? And they kind of say, like, yeah, he likes to rattle off in the mouth, and he's all bark, no bite. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's different when you're his buddy and not a fucking woman stuck in a room alone with him. So, yeah. But, I don't know. They definitely should not get fucking married. They are so bad. And, like, there's a second thing, a second moment where he freaks out. Um... It's a girl's night. It's the night that Zenim comes up to him and is trying to start shit about the Cole and Colleen conversation in the pool again. And they decide they're going to go out to the club. Well, the guys and the girls take separate Ubers. They get separated or something. Colleen texts Matt, tells him, they FaceTime, whatever, and say, we're going to the club and we're going to have a girl's night. Well, Matt's fucking blackout drunk and doesn't remember any of this. And so he calls Nancy and Bartise and is freaking out, saying, where the fuck's Colleen? I can't marry this girl who on a Tuesday night just wants to say, peace out, I'm going to the club. And surprisingly, Bartise comes in and is like, dude, I think you're just trying to find shit to, like, ruin this. Like, you're always trying to fly off the handle. But then he also turns into this weird shit where Bartise is like, dude, I wish I was with you. You guys are so fucking connected. You guys are so physically attracted to each other. I wish I was in your situation, man. Fucking weird. But, yeah, Matt is a psycho. He needs therapy. He needs to not drink. And he probably shouldn't be getting married anytime soon. So that's what I have to say about him. Uh, And Colleen, run. Colleen, um, read a book and... I hope all is well for your ballerina career. Do not get married. I hope they do not get married. Uh, What I do think that will happen is they will get married and then get divorced very quickly after because I do not think Colleen would ever have it in her to say no to him or to be like, no, I can't do this before the wedding. Um, That girl wants to get married. That girl is waiting to be on after the altar. She is getting that... Fab fit fun box sponsorships like it, it, this is not the last we are seeing of Colleen okay and let that be known she may not stay married to Matt forever but she is going to make it to the end honey <laughs> all right that's all I have to say about them ugh I God they should not get married let me tell you what um, and now I think we'll get to the final and worst couple of this entire season, Nancy and Bartiz. So Nancy is a 
real estate maven. Uh, she owns a lot of properties, real estate properties, rental properties, whatever. Uh, and she's also a speech pathologist. And then, so she is 31 as well. And then, what's this fucking toes? I'm forgetting. Bartice, yeah. <laughs> forgetting it already. Bartice is 25 and an accountant. So he's a little younger. Um, and it shows in his views of the world. Oh, we'll get into it. Um, and like I mentioned before, him and Raven were kind of hitting it off in the pods. Also, Nancy and Andrew, Andrew the sociopath, were hitting it off. And um, that was kind of some fun moments in the pod when Andrew was talking about his transcendental sex that he's been having and uh, how he knows how to orgasm without uh, ejaculating. Fun stuff like that. Imagine being in a room with somebody and they just start like, you're like, what did you do? Oh, I was just orgasming without ejaculating. Excuse me? What? Sir? This is a Wendy's. <laughs> oh, man. I uh, He was a hoot. And then, you know, when Nancy turns down his proposal and, like, we see the talking head and the producers leave in, him putting the fucking eye drops in his eyes so it looks like he's crying. Ah! That was funny. That was funny. So I will say those types of moments from the pods are good. So thank you, Andrew, for that. Um, but yeah, so Nancy and Bartice end up getting engaged out of the pods. And they go into the engagement moon just smitten as kittens. They are kissing on up each other. It's almost fucking annoying how just much they're like, oh my god, we're perfect for each other. Like, I don't see anything bad coming from this. Like, I think we're going to stay solid. Um, you're perfect for me. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. I love the way I just can snuggle on you. Like, this is great. Um, very annoying. I mean, the first couple of days, pretty much up until when Bartice meets Raven, they are just annoying as fuck together. Like, just so heavy-handed with the, this is great, we're perfect together, oh my gosh, nothing bad will ever happen. I think we're going to be able to face every challenge we have with no problems at all. <laughs> And Nancy with her fucking laugh. Oh, that giggle is so annoying because it seems so faked because you sure as hell don't hear that giggle very much in the later episodes. That's for damn sure. Especially when Bartiz is walking around saying how much, how attracted he is to Raven. Hmm. So they, like I said, they go through their engagement moon and then they meet all the other people, the exes. And Raven, of course, gets Bartiz panting and hooting and hollering and stuff and Partiz had no problem letting Nancy know that they after that first meeting sit down and Bartiz is like so what do you think about the couples like you know is anybody that you saw are you having like second thoughts or like ooh, he's really cute and Nancy's like no no I'm not I'm all good and Bartiz is like that's when he pretty much lays it out there like oh man Raven's a baddie. Like, she is so hot. Me and her would look so good together. Like, to the naked eye. That was so weird when he said that. Um, you know, and just really loves to lay it on and remind her constantly of just, like, how good him and Raven would look together. Um, and, you know, Nancy in a talking head after that first bit is like, why the fuck are you here then? If that's what is, like, so important to you and that's what you're, like, so drawn to is just that Raven looks amazing. Like, okay, then go be with Raven. I wish she would have said that to him in person. (laughs) 
And then um, we get more into finding out what Bartice's views and stuff are. And because Nancy has worked as a speech pathologist, and I think she's worked with a lot of kids with, like, developmental issues, a lot of um, developmental, like, medically fragile issues, kids with Down syndrome, kids with other types of medical issues. Um, They're talking about how if they were, if she was pregnant and they were having a child and they knew that there was some sort of birth defect or some sort of disease the child would have, would they abort the baby? And I thought this was a very interesting topic for Love is Blind to actually keep on the show. Like, I would never expect Love is Blind to actually go into talking about something like abortion. Um, I sometimes am surprised any of the couples would get that deep. Like, I don't think Matt and Colleen are talking about this. (laughs) Let's be honest. But, um, and... Nancy says, you know, she would consider it because she's seen from firsthand experience how traumatic dealing with something like that a family is. Um, It really can be devastating to a family. And, you know, she gave her reasons. And then Bartice is, of course, on the other side saying, like, hell no, he could never do that. This I really don't want to say whether one is right or wrong because I don't think there is a right or wrong answer in that. Like, I don't really want to get into any of that. What is interesting then is Bartice's overall thoughts about abortion outside of the oh if your child has a birth defect type of thing um because that I don't I like I could see both of their sides on that um but what then Bartice comes out swinging with is some of the most hilarious views about abortion ever where he says essentially well I will say at one point he's he does equate abortion to pulling the plug when talking about, like, if they chose to abort a baby that, like, may have had a birth defect or something. Um, which I was like, oh my god, Bartiz. And God bless Nancy for not being able to, for being able to hold her tongue and not be like, you fucking idiot, did you just refer to it as pulling the plug? Oh my god. But in Bartiz's mind, a woman should only get, like, a one pass. You know, like, a, a free pass, one, one jail free card, one get out of jail free card, whatever the fuck it is. And Nancy very eloquently makes a point of like, well, what about the cases of rape? What about cases of somebody poking a hole in the condom? Um, you know, and in Bartice's mind, he equates it to, well, you know, if you have to have an abortion, well, you must have been stupid. You know, you must have done something to fuck up. And that to me really like, oh, it gets to me. Like, it's such a male thing to say that they have no idea what it's like to actually have to have the option to get an abortion, um, like, being in that position. And, of course, Bartiz, in his mind, he thinks it's just as, as simple as, like, oh, we'll make better choices. It's like, well, sometimes people have sex and, like, birth control fails, or sometimes people get pregnant through other things, rape, incest. Like, what? And then, you know, as Nancy's explaining these types of he's like oh well you know not of course not in those cases like of course you should be able to do that and it's like almost nancy is able to kind of explain how bad his logic is to him in a way that is very quite polite and like honestly is a, a conversation that should be had on television and we should be seen more should be seen talked about more um, because there are, frankly, a lot of men that think like Bartice, unfortunately. There's a lot of women who think like Bartice, unfortunately. And I 
I'm very impressed with how Nancy was able to keep her cool and very eloquently and politely listen to Bartise, but then also kind of very nicely explain to him, like, well, there's also a million other reasons, and, like, a woman should be able to get an abortion just like any other medical procedure if that's what she needs to do and if that's what she wants to do. Like, no matter what the reason, no matter what the count is. And I'm with it. I'm like, hell yeah, Nancy. Like, pro-abortion. Abortion is health care. Plain and simple. I will say that a million times on this fucking podcast. But I'm really proud that Nancy stuck, stood in her convictions. And um, she does later on, too, because fucking Bartise, they meet his family... And, like, immediately out of the gate, he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, we ran into some rough patches because we brought up abortion and, you know, finding out if a child has a birth defect, would we, you know, keep the child or would we abort it? And, you know, Nancy and I think very different things. And then Bartisa's sister is like, I'm sorry, I just feel very passionate about this and starts fucking crying, you know, because clearly Bartisa's family is very pro-life. Well, I like to say anti-choice. Um, and so, like, automatically, she has to go on the defensive and kind of explain her stance again. And it's like, dude, you don't fucking bring that up the first time you're me- you're having your fiancé meet your family. Because then, of course, after that, his family starts expressing concerns, particularly his sister, who, by the way, kind of looks like Raven. Weird. Um raven with brown hair pretty much and uh is like oh now this is making me second guess nancy so pretty much right from when him and raven met it's been kind of this slow decline of his physical attraction to nancy and he at one point tries to attribute to you know oh then the abortion thing comes up and you know then you start talking to me about oh the ex that you said was the realtor but now is actually your business partner still because Bartiz finds out that um nancy still owns a couple of properties with her ex that you know she flips houses with and stuff like that and um so Bartise kind of is using all of these things and their conversations and stuff as his justification for why he's not physically attracted to Nancy anymore and why he's, like, losing that emotional connection, per se. Okay. <laughs> and pretty much, like, I I hope Nancy realizes that, like, he is such an asshole. And at one point... It, this is the night that they're all at the bar and Zenim is starting shit um, with the Cole and Colleen stuff. Andrew is there because some of the other people come from the, the pods and really the only one that we care about is Andrew because he's the only one that we really like got to know. Um, and so him and Nancy sit down and she like essentially cries to him about like I don't think this guy is as in love with me as I am with him and that sucks. And Andrew kind of takes the high route. Like, I think he could have either taken a very creepy route with this or he could have, he took the the gentleman route where he was like, you know what, I'm really sorry that's going, you're going through this. And if you ever need anything, please reach out to me. And just kind of was a friend and like a supporter of a supportive, you know, person to lean on if she needs but wasn't using it as a way to be like creepy and slide in type of thing i'm sure the netflix producers were dying for that to happen but (laughs) it didn't um and you know of course when that's happening bartice 
you know, he may not be physically attracted to Nancy currently, but damn if anybody else is. And so he, of course, has to slip in there. Like, oh, what are you talking to my fiance about, huh? What's going on here? Oh, uh, oh, looks like there's a little conversation going on. It's like, go the fuck away. Go away, Gerald. Who's here in your tall ass hair? <laughs> Someone, I think it was Kara Barry from Everybody's Business But Mine, she tweeted, this man is the same. And it was a picture of Gerald from uh, Hey Arnold and Bartise. And it's fucking spot on. I While I was watching the show, I'm like, man, who does Bartise remind me of? And when Kara posted that, I was like, fuck, that's right. It's Gerald. It's Gerald from Hey Arnold. Oh, man. I I love that. Um, So, yeah, where are we? Oh, also, we do meet Nancy's family. And I love this because Bartise meets Nancy's brothers, uh, Jesus and Steven. And they kind of give Bartise the shit. I mean, they kind of roast him a bit. They're trying to be a little bit intimidating, uh, and they ask him plain, you know, straight up, why did you like our sister? And Bartise doesn't really give a great answer. He's kind of like, oh, you know, we wake up happy and I go to bed happy with her every day. And, you know, she just makes me feel great type of thing. And his brothers are like, yeah, that's kind of bland. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but Nancy's a great person. and She makes everyone feel great. Like, that's just her. So we're going to need something more than that, bud. <laughs> like, um, And then... His brothers pull out the good old question, what would you do if she gained 400 pounds? Would you still love her? And Bartise, taking a page from Cole's book of how to be a jackass and not just say, yes, I'd always love you, um, he decides to go into this whole thing about, oh, well, you know, I would hope that we would have a communication first before it got to that point. You know, uh, I'm not going to lie and say physical attraction isn't important, you know, and I would think that we would love each other other enough that I could say like let's start a diet let's go to the gym and you could tell her brothers are just like you fucking idiot it was so easy you should have just said yes and <laughs> they kind of end the conversation fine but you can totally tell that his her brothers are just like this fucking guy is a douchebag like I don't think they're gonna want to be hanging out with him much besides outside of like holidays <laughs> oh man yeah you could tell when they were talking uh Bartise was trying to just smooge them, smooge them over and, you know, just smooth talk them, be Mr. Charisma. And they're like, yeah, no, I, you can say all the, you know, textbook things about why you fell in love, all that type of shit. But mm, we see right through you, bud. And same thing with her mom. Nancy's mom is amazing. She owns a bail bondsman um, company and she like straight up looks at Bartise and is like, I deal with criminals every day. And I can tell when someone's fucking lying to me. And then she kind of does this thing where she's like, I've taught Nancy how to fight because she needs to know how to. And anytime she needs to be defended, I'll be there for her. And I'm like, shit, does she know some people? Like, Bartise is going to have some cement blocks around his feet if he's not fucking careful with Nancy's family. Damn. So I loved that. I did love to see them kind of like give Bartise his shit. And be like, mm, okay, we got our eyes on you. We got your eyes on you. You think you're hot shit, but you're not. And I just hope that Nancy realizes that he's not. I really, really do not. They should not get married. Oh my God, they should not, should not, should not. I mean, at one point, when is this? This is when they're still in the honeymoon thing. They're sitting down and 
I think this is after the pool party. This is what it is. And so obviously Bartise has been shot down by Raven um, after he came over trying to smooth her up. And he's talking to Nancy and he's like, oh, you know, if we were to get married today, what would you say? And she'd say, yes. She said, yes. And Bartise is kind of like shocked. And he was definitely expecting her to be like, mm, I don't know. But Nancy, you know, she was still all in, even though he had told her I'm not, I'm still attracted to Raven, but she's all in. And Bartise is just like, what? Like, you would? You would really say yes today, huh? And she and Nancy's like, yeah, I would. I would. It's like, is that not a red flag enough? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Bartise, he was shook by that. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. She is going to marry me. She is going to marry me. Fuck. And like I said, slowly but surely, you know. And I think he did. I think he told her parent, his parents about the abortion thing and about that tiff, knowing that they would not agree with her, knowing that their beliefs, what their beliefs are, and kind of maybe used it as a way to, like, reinforce not liking her and maybe putting a sour taste in their mouth. I would not be surprised. Bartice is a man that I do not trust. I'll put it out there right now. I don't trust that little mole on his nose. I don't trust anything that comes out of his mouth. He just is slimy to me. (sighs) But I really hope for my final consensus, they do not get married. And we saw in a preview, and this is like early on in the season, this was like after the first four episodes and they were showing previews for the whole season, that like, Nancy's brothers get really mad and they're like, you drag us here for this and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, something goes on, definitely. I don't know who ends it. Maybe someone gets cold feet. I'm curious what that's going to be because it does look like we hear from her brothers again. Hmm. Oh, man, these people. God, these couples. It is fun. This has been a fun season just because, like, I like the couples a lot more than last season. Um... I definitely don't think these people are trying to be as... as They're better at not being as obvious in their goals to be influencers. How about that? How about that? <laughs> so, um, that's all my thoughts now. So, overall, what my thoughts are for who's going to get married and who won't be. SK and Raven, I think, won't get married. Alexa and Brennan, I think, will get married. Cole and Zeneb won't get married, should not, fuck, I hope not. Uh, Matt and Colleen, I think, will get married, but will end up divorced not long after. And then Nancy and Bartiste will not get married. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think two out of the five will get married, um, possibly one of them actually being a successful marriage. We'll see. We'll see. Remember, there are two successful marriages from the first season. Amber and Barnett, which also then, okay, there was a scene with Cole and Zeneb, they're doing a dancing lesson, and they're practicing like they're coming out for their intro to their reception, and Cole says, Mr. and Mrs. Cole and Zeneb Barnett. So does Cole's last name also Barnett? That's a small fucking world, because they also, like, look alike, and it's, what if they're cousins? That would be fucking funny. Will we find that out at the reunion? I would die if that was the case. Anyways, those are my thoughts. Um, next week we have the, the weddings, so we'll see what actually happens here. In the meantime, I will be back soon with an episode covering the most recent two episodes of Sister Wives. 
I got a Bonanza of Real Housewives of Potomac. I know that I'm behind on that by quite a few episodes. But, you know, we're doing the dang thing. We're coming out with episodes. We're, we're doing it, okay? Um, I'm trying to think of some other fun, older TV shows. I was thinking maybe some old MTV shows again. Maybe some old TLC. I don't know. Give me your ideas. Remember, we are on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV. And also, the podcast has a Twitter now. Don't forget, at Advent in Reality. Advent, A-D-V-E-N-T, I-N, Reality. So if you like everything you're hearing here, if you want to see my thoughts and opinions on all things reality TV or just whatever I'm watching, if you want to send me a message about whatever you're watching, do it. I love to hear from you guys. So that's all for now. Be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. Bye. This has been a production of Sea Money Entertainment. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV or on Twitter at Advent in Reality.